It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report uh, joins us every Friday, and he's joining us right now. Howard, how the heck are you, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, I think we're doing well, Bowler, aren't we? Yeah, Craig, we're Craig, good. Craig Bowler Jack on hand with us here, Howard. Howard. And uh, he's a play-by-play guy for the Jazz, and uh, we're having a lot of fun today. Howard, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your reporting, too. Uh, Bleacher Report. And uh, you're at you're in Toronto, right? No, you're at Oracle. Pardon me. Yeah, you're at Golden State. I am in Oakland, yes. So what do you make of what's going on in this series now that's been changed, altered by these injuries? Do you think uh, the Warriors can get back together and, and, and sort of be what people are expecting them to be? Yeah, absolutely they can. Um, listen, I mean, we've seen this team go through a lot. Um, we've never seen anything quite like this, but I think that with Clay Thompson coming back tonight, assuming he is – you know, at least 80%, 90% of himself, if not maybe even 100, then you're closer to whole. You're, you know, you're, you're back to being at least that team that has survived without Durant for the last month, that did win game two in Toronto, that, you know, obviously enjoys a great home court advantage when you've got at least most of your weapons available to you. There's no reason in the world, to me, to, to believe that they couldn't tie this up tonight with Clay back in there. He's going to give them, obviously, you know, a scoring boost that they badly need so it's not Steph Curry carrying 98% of the offense. He's going to stabilize them defensively. They really needed that badly as well. And look, they, they scored 109 points the other night. Um, they lost because they, they couldn't stop the, the, the Raptors either. And Clay has always been, obviously, a great defender and a critical defender for them. And they just don't have a lot of depth. And they don't have a lot of other guys with the kind of length and versatility and when you've got him out and Durant out, it's just really crippled them defensively. And, you know, their bench just doesn't have enough um, at either end of the court. So Clay checks off a lot of boxes, fills a lot of holes simultaneously. And so if they win this tonight and it's tied to all going back to Toronto, look, there's a chance Durant shows up in, in game five on Monday. Um, it appears that that's where things are moving, that they need him to practice once. They need him to, or to at least scrimmage. He hasn't had any contact. There was some thought that that might happen today. We'll find out soon. And if he did go through contact today and he recovers all right tomorrow, no setbacks, tomorrow's a travel day, then he could, he could practice with them again Sunday and play Monday. Like, that, you know, that's not information that I have. That's, not, that's, that's speculative on my part, but it's based on where things seem to be in the timeline for Kevin Durant. And that would change everything, all of our perceptions about the series if it's tied 2-2 and Durant's playing in Game 5. Yeah, interesting. Howard, I know that uh, I'm sure the Toronto Raptors will probably test Clay Thompson right early to see if he actually can go lateral with that hamstring and if he is a defensive liability or if Kerr tries to just use him on the offensive side as well. So that kind of intrigues me to, to watch early in this game as well. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I, I think you know having Clay back out there means – you're going to ask him to do everything you normally would. I, I, I don't assume he'll be coming back with any particular limitations. Um, there's, there aren't that many great options for those defensive assignments anyway, other than him. So you're just, you're just going to throw him back out to play his usual role and hope for the best. I mean, there's really you know, no other way for them to look at it. 
Hey, Howard, can you dive in? To, I know something you've, you've discussed. Uh, these two, And Gordon and I talked about this in the last hour, about uh, the focus of this series really is on a couple of players that may not be there uh, after this series is over, and Kawhi and uh, Kevin Durant. Speak to that, and how much do you feel like that's changing on a day-to-day basis? And what do you know on the, on an insider track if, if KD stays or goes, and the same with Kawhi in Toronto? I mean, right off the bat, nobody knows. Nobody really knows. You know, there are, as recently as earlier this week when I was talking to people around the league on this, there were people saying they think, you know, KD is absolutely gone. They think Kawhi is absolutely gone. But we really don't know. We don't know what winning a championship uh, with Toronto would do to Kawhi's mindset. Would that change his intentions of going to L.A.? Does, does going home to L.A., uh, and he's from Southern California, not L.A. specifically, but does going to Southern California, does that outweigh whatever um, feelings he has toward the Raptors and his, his teammates and what they've accomplished this season? Does winning a championship versus losing in Game 7 really make any difference? Or is, it, or is the calculus all the same regardless? And this, you can say the same with, with Durant. It becomes more complicated because we look at, well, if they win the title and he never plays, does that, does that mean they don't need him? And so he feels like, uh, you know, he might as well go. Or if they lose without him, does it reinforce the idea that they absolutely do need him and he feels more valued and so that'll make him want to stay? Like, we can, you know, uh, you know speculate and interpret all of these lines, any which way, uh, it doesn't get us any closer to the truth because only those guys will know, and they may not really know until July 1st. And, you know, they're both going to have a lot of great options. But I will say this, this is a truly unique moment. We have never had an NBA Finals where the biggest star on each of the teams is a free agent and with the possibility or even belief that they are leaving. And that's just never happened. That is unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, it shades, and you've written about this, but it, it shades the entire endeavor, doesn't it? Because I mean, you look back over time and you think of, in the old days, you know, Bird with Boston and Magic with L.A., or even here in, in Utah when uh, Stockton and Malone were here against Michael Jordan and Pippen. In this case, these guys, it's very fluid. And so you don't even really get a sense of identity with individual star with team. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Kawhi was always a potential one-year rental because of the deal that got him there. So it was always going to feel a little tenuous. In Durant's case, it's year three with this team, but he's just unique and the situation's unique. But yeah, listen, you could go through year after year of finals, and I did for the story that that we have up on Bleacher Report today about this very subject. And I went through years and years of finals, and it's really hard, other than LeBron leaving the Cavs, uh, leaving the Heat for the Cavs and the Cavs for the Lakers, other than maybe Kyrie forcing his way out, which we didn't see coming at the time, we've never had an NBA Finals played against this kind of backdrop where we know both of these guys are in play. You know, that wasn't the case when Malone and Stockton were going up against Michael and the Bulls. It wasn't the case when the Shaq and Kobe Lakers were going up against, you know, any number of teams that they played. And even the year that they broke up, it wasn't a given that Shaq was going to get traded after they lost to Detroit that year. Um, Although Kobe was a pending free agent and there was some speculation at that time, but we've just never had anything quite like this. 
Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report. And Howard, I know this is uh, you get asked this all the time, but uh, crystal ball time. You know, as as the as the draft is just uh, is upon us nearly on the twentieth of this month, and then free agency looming. What in your mind and the and the people you've talked to? Can you give us a, a feel what the first domino? Who the first domino will be to fall, and how this all, uh, the how you can't predict how it's going to all end up. But the first piece that then will then everything else will fall into place. I don't know that that's even possible to forecast. I mean, I think Anthony Davis is going to end up somewhere new before too long, yeah. and he definitely, I believe, will start next season somewhere else. But is Anthony Davis going to get traded? on draft night, and that will set up all the other moves that come on July 1st? Maybe. That's, that's a possibility. Um, but if not that, then, you know, I think free agency really starts with where do Katie and, and, and uh, Kawhi go. They are clearly the, cla- the top of this free agent class. Yeah. And, you know, because the Nets have, have two max slots and the Knicks have two max slots and the Clippers can get to two max slots, um because the Lakers have a max slot, there, there's going to be a lot of, I, I think, just kind of uh, you know, cross-chatter where KD might say, well, I want to go play for the Knicks, and Kyrie will say, well, I don't want to play for the Knicks. I'd rather go play for the Nets. You should come with me there. And meanwhile, Kawhi might be trying to, to get somebody to play with him, or LeBron's trying to recruit Kawhi, or you know, where does Kyrie fit into this? I mean, it, it's, some of their fates may be interconnected, um, if guys want to go to a team together to make sure that they can contend immediately, yeah. Uh, so it just it, it's there's no one lead domino in that in that case. Yeah, you make a great point. I, I still think there's a communication that will occur if it hasn't already through agents or even uh, the Twitter feeds, uh, what have you, of, of who wants to go where and will you follow. I think that's got to be part of the conversation through all this process. Yeah, I mean, look, the point of the exercise normally is to go somewhere where you can contend. Now, we do have this weird inverse thing, as I wrote about today, where you're leaving contenders for non-contenders, which is kind of unprecedented, other than LeBron bailing on the, the Cavs for the Lakers last year. But, um, but normally you are trying to get somewhere where you can win immediately. So if you want to go to the Knicks, if you're KD, you can't go by yourself because the Knicks don't have a roster. So you, it's almost a necessity that you're recruiting guys to come with you. And, you know, the Nets and the Clippers are in better shape. They're, they were both playoff teams this year. They've got very good players, but they don't have any stars. And if you're, again, if you're Kyrie or you're Katie or Kawhi, you might want to feel, you know, you, you might feel more secure if you're going to one of those places with another established all-star, you know, it's attached to you. Howard, uh, Warriors investor Mark Stevens, he pushes Kyle Lowry. We all saw it. And uh, he is suspended for a year and fined half a million dollars. Adam Silver was asked about that and essentially said he was fine with it. What do you think of that suspension and that fine? Was that enough or do you think it was uh, uh, a little bit less than what it should have been? I think the, the suspension and the fine were appropriate. I think that if it ends with that, all right, people will probably just move on. But I, I, my suspicion is that the Warriors and maybe even the league would just as soon have this guy sell his share because it's one thing to have to deal with fans crossing lines that they shouldn't ever cross. 
fans are going to do that, and you just you 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 have a certain amount of, of volatility that goes on, or in, in who you let into your building and where they sit, and you you just have to kind of accept uh, that unpredictability. But this is a guy who is a representative of your team, who owns a piece of the team, who his actions reflect on the team, and I think it's embarrassing to them that he's the one who's who's created this, and so. I have to believe, and I have no inside knowledge on this, I have to believe that the Warriors, other owners, will be pressuring him to sell just because why would you want that guy in your midst? Why, you know, like, you, there are plenty of people who would love to buy that share. Um, I just don't know why you would, you would allow him to stay after such an embarrassing and you know, over-the-line incident like that. It's, it's, uh, it's not a good look for any organization. And, Howard, I think it has to be said, too, that Kyle Lowry handled that with utmost cool, cool and, uh, uh, I guess, class is the way I'm looking at it. He could have exploded. Other players probably would have. I won't mention them, but we know probably who they are. But Lowry handled that much better than most would in this league. I agree. He handled it perfectly. And, you know, Kyle Lowry's a veteran, and he's a fiery player. He plays with passion but he kept his head about him in other circumstances, which was great. I thought his messaging afterward was great. I think he handled it perfectly. And, yeah, if he'd gone back at the guy, people would be killing Kyle Lowry. They'd be killing the player for reacting and for going after a fan. But the fan started this, got physical with a player in a way that you never should. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Kyle Lowry handled it as well as he did. Um, again, it's disappointing that anybody yeah. – even any average fan, much less a investor in the team, would um, would think it's okay to do that. It's just it's it's mind boggling. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report. Howard, if I had my way, I think so highly of you, I'd vote for you for president if you ran. <laughs> well, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> I would say something very political, like uh, could do much worse, but uh, I I won't say that. Did I say that or did I just? No, you it? just thought it out loud. Oh, okay. yeah. You mean but... we have done worse? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Howard, thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate your fellas. Talk to you soon. All right, Howard Beck, Bleacher Report at Oracle. Yeah. I'll tell you tonight, man, if you don't get it done, it's going to be a long road back. And you know what? He says Clay hints, he hints, maybe, did you hear this, that he is given a pretty much thumbs up with no restrictions? Yeah. I think Toronto's going to test that very early to see really just how mobile Clay Thompson will be. Yeah. Well, Clay wanted to play in the last game and uh, thought he was ready to do that. So he must be, when a player wants to play, and if that's legit and not just some sort of. PR campaign of some sort. When a player thinks he can play, then that tells me he must be feeling pretty good. I w- yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't. I you know, this is something that I I can't answer, but I ponder this. Should a player have more ability to make his own call, or is the investment by a team so high now that the call isn't theirs? That's a great question. Uh, that's a great question. I mean, um, because again, we we sit back and we, uh, you know, we 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 these stories of Carl and John grow year by year. Mm-hmm. You know, the ankle used to be tennis ball size, and now it was up to a grapefruit and a volleyball, right? But he still, <laughs> but he still taped it and played, right? <laughs> I mean, those stories grow, and Stockton's knee and his elbow, and all those, you know, the, the pounding that that guy took. 
pound for pound, Gordon, by yeah. the way. Yeah, 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 sure. But, you know, Jerry used to say that it's uh, up to the doctors, didn't he? I'd have to go back and double-check that, but I almost thought that he kind of acquiesced to a player saying, you know what, you wear the uniform, and if you can put the uniform on, then you're, you, you're, you're able to play the game. If you put it on, play. If you don't, don't put it on. Well, I'll be surprised if Clay Thompson walks out there and is unprepared or, you know, who knows. The thing is, he could be re-injured at any time. And if as sometimes a guy, when you get in a real competitive situation where everything counts and you – push off a little harder and next thing you know you're coming up lame and i i don't know i don't know but uh everyone will be watching that's for sure absolutely